Good afternoon and welcome to the Outdoor Ed Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Mascarinas. Today I am joined by Tony Dimack. Tony, you are with uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Correct. Um, we're gonna get with we're gonna get to uh, what uh, what you do there uh, real quick, but I just want to let everybody know I'm again here at Bar Lake State Park. Um, Michelle was uh, uh, gracious enough again to let me come here and record this podcast with you. And you got an event going on tonight. We're gonna talk about too. So, um, but uh, again, we want to thank Bar Lake again. And you'll hear Michelle might even pop on with us if she's got time. She's real busy over there. You know how busy she is. Um, so hopefully she'll pop on and we can talk. But uh, other than that. I mean, let's get right into it. Tony, you're with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. You're on the education side of it. Kind yep. of uh, tell everybody kind of what, what, about, what about what you do and kind of what got you into there. All right. So uh, I do that. Yes, you're correct. Colorado Parks and Wildlife, the education we do uh, between me and uh, my boss, Brian Postumas, we do hunting and, edu- hunting and angling outreach education in the northeast region so it's two of us to take care of the biggest population in Colorado. That's you. You guys are busy guys. Too. Busy, busy. Um, so how did I get into this? I, uh, boy, my dad got me fishing and angling, you know, hunting uh, with my grandfather when I was very, very young. And um, oddly enough, I didn't make this a career until I'm a, I'm a late bloomer, as you can tell. So I've been doing this now uh, for Parks and Wildlife for seven years. And uh, it, it's, the, it's definitely a dream job. And uh, reaching out to folks and getting them involved in the passion that I have for the outdoors is uh, the number one thing. It's what I pass it on to my kids and and bringing other people in, into this. Uh, I can't think of a, a better way to make people excited than being outdoors. Oh, for sure. And and so tonight you got an event going on. You're doing a, uh, it's a pheasants um, a kind of a introductory classroom setting kind of. Is, is it yep. introductory or kind of talk about so what's it's going a, on? So it's a pheasant hunting 101. It's to help people get started in a relatively easy sport but you know everybody needs that little uh stepping stone to really get them that push out there so this isn't taking them hunting but it's really giving them some good information um probably the number one thing people lack is where do i go right and that's where we're going to point them to what they need how to do this safely where to go how to have fun doing it and and hopefully they learn something so they can pass it on to somebody at the water cooler you know the next day at work yeah, I like the way you said that. Pass it on to somebody at the water cooler. Cooler. Um, so, uh, and and this also too, it gives people a taste of of uh, the outdoors and the hunting aspect of the outdoors too. And it's not all all about big game. You don't want to start off right right with big game. This is a small game. Um, can, uh, Pheasants is considered small game, yep. so it's that's where I like to really start with everybody. You know, that's where you start out. You learn a lot, so you do a lot of these classes. You know, I've I've, I've been and I was able to volunteer and help out uh, with a couple uh, here at Bar Lake that you do. But to kind of go in a little, a little bit more about the the, the outreach program and, and all the programs that you guys sure. do. Sure. Well, of course, when people think hunting, and then if they're taking that stepping stone, they've seen it on the Outdoor Channel. It's that big bugling elk, mm-hmm. and boy, everybody wants to jump on that. And you know, we have out, we have hunting opportunities for elk, and of course, that's our number one thing for people to sign up on. But I it's bet. really putting age appropriate um, on on different hunting events. So pheasant, good if if you do that right with the youth. You can't walk them all day long, but do a half day hunt with them. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, we've got the pheasant hunting. We've got the novice hunter program that's been big for our region. Huge. It's uh, 
it's what that that has been uh, is is a pheasant class. So we're taking people that have graduated hunter education within the last three years, age twelve and up. So I want to focus on that for a second. That we're not just talking about youth on this because we've got a huge population that are adults. And as a matter of fact, I believe the oldest person we had take this class was 66 years old so that was three years ago she was 66 she took her hunter education within the last three years she didn't get a pheasant that year she sent me this great email with a picture of her with her first whitetail oh that's awesome so that class turned into a whitetail deer for her that's awesome um so uh in that 40 percent of our population or that's been enrolled in this class has been youth age 19 and below and so that paints a really good picture for us that 60% have been that 20 plus up to 66. And uh, so you can kind of tie the knot a little bit. Some of those are parents and youth together taking this class, which is awesome. Um, that's where you get people. If, if you can show parents that might be reluctant of hunting, that they've got a little youngster that just had so much fun and they get to see that, what good parent wouldn't put them back right. into that situation right. again? So that's been hugely successful. Um, whether it's moving the, the, the marker for additional hunters, I don't know, but uh, we will soon find that out through <laughs> some of the data we're gathering. Um, but it, it's not all about hunting. It's not all about fishing. It's really teaching people how to be safe outdoors, uh, mm-hmm. how to have a good time. And, and believe me, when you go pheasant hunting with some of these folks, they're not always going to see pheasants, and they're not always going to get a pheasant. So we want to teach them other things, um, appreciate what they're doing for the small town economy out there, um, appreciate the deer rub that you find in a tree row, uh, look for those tracks, look for that other wildlife. And I always tell people, you know, most of these people that come to classes, I said, your vision of eastern Colorado is I-70 and I-76. Right. Boring. <laughs> Get off the beaten path and it's beautiful country. So, uh, boy, we've got so much stuff um, we show people field dressing now. I don't bring in a dead animal. It's tough for us in the Denver area to do that, to yeah, be able to keep of. a carcass. So we have a, um, a, it's a stuffed doll, per se, of a deer, and we do a field dressing on that. And we can do videos, and we can tell, just give people the right tools to go out there and do this safely and do it correctly, bring that meat home correctly. Right. Um, so. And and it uh, like you said there, you said to to show the experience. You know, it's not all about. And you touch the safety. You talk about safety a lot with them. And and I was and one of the classes I was able to to observe was when you showed how to walk a field correctly. Um, well, I shouldn't say correctly, but with in a safe manner. You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of people walk fields differently. And when we're talking about walking fields, talking about pheasant hunting, um, you have all kinds of. Uh, variations of how you can walk a field but i have seen that how, how you show them that um you throw frisbees yep. that I, I like the what the blue blue frisbee is a rooster, rooster. and then uh, is a red or pink pink for hand. for hand and then you have a random frisbee that you random throw for so. non-species bird right. or a rabbit or something like right. that. right so you you, tell, you show them that and you give them that experience that that you know not not to the safety aspect of it because i i've been on some pheasant hunts where I've I felt unsafe for me and my dog. So and, and those were just people that didn't know that, whether they didn't have the opportunity to go through a class like this or just they didn't know that. And me, I, I grew up hunting through that so I didn't get to come to go to these classes, but I wish I would have 
been oh. able to come to the class. I'm not saying they weren't around back then, but they weren't as uh, abundant, I guess you want to say, right. in there. So, But then you said the experience, like small-town experience. One of my favorite experiences is going into Holyoke, for example. There's a, there's a bar there that has good onion rings. Oh, yeah. So... I don't know if you know the one. I can't remember the name of it. It's kind of off. Uh, it's it's off the main street. I there. forget the name. Of yeah, this. but it's yeah. got great onion rings and some other good bar food. But I, I mean, I, I anticipate going there to eat the, eat the onion rings, you know. And so, so stuff like that is creates experiences. You may not have you know killed anything that day, right. harvested anything, however you want to say it, but you had that experience and you got the onion rings. That's what I well, was yeah. you know, telling myself. So, and. Um, you uh, you got um, you got one coming up here pretty. Or didn't you just have recently have a, an antelope hunt where you, you took uh, we just did a some folks out hunt last week with uh, we did youth uh, one of our volunteers and a couple uh, hunt masters with him did youth last weekend and then uh, Brian and myself uh, DWM wildlife officer and yep. a volunteer we took out four women and uh, boy you know it's a, it's a lot of work before we even get to go hunting but it's it's teaching them that safety. Uh, the property we were on was a private landowner. We got to teach him a little bit about you know the history of that land. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot more than just the hunt. And of course, you know, knock on wood, wherever wood might be, <laughs> well, we were able to harvest four pronghorn. Oh, fantastic! And you know, this was a less than a twenty-four hour hunt, really. Yeah, when, when it went on the ground. So, um, but you know, all the this teaching we do for folks. Um, the number one thing I like to teach, especially when I get those family units together, as a matter of fact, I do have a class that's going to be coming up uh, next month. It's it's Family Hunting 101. Oh, awesome. And that's to teach uh, Bar Lake, here we are. Mm-hmm. What what place could you do anywhere else but here? You know, you live in the Denver area. You bring the whole family here. Uh, junior likes to hunt. Dad likes to fish. Mom likes to hike. And... And maybe the daughter likes to, uh, you know, do photography. Yeah. You can do all four of those things right out here in one day and go home and sleep in the comforts of your bed. And that, right. that's kind of what I'm teaching. And I'm teaching parents to, to not take this mindset of this is a hunt that we're going on. So if they're going out to Sterling, you know, in the Fleming area doing some hunting, you know what? you got to understand those kids cannot do the 12 miles that you can do in a, you know, a right. day. Right. So how do, you, how do you fill in time? find those mom and pop restaurants uh, in sterling one of my favorite places that i take kids to is the uh, overland trail museum oh, okay so I've i can spend several hours there i can kill several hours uh, you know that midday by taking the kids you know used to now they're older but yeah, uh, yeah. you know go see this museum spend some time learn some history in the area it's a beautiful museum it's indoor and outdoor and and i'm filling in the day and i'm not exhausting the kids and i'm not pounding hunting into them because I don't think that's what it is. It's right. it's this family experience that I'm trying to create. Right. So that using state parks as that family destination per se. And uh, I, I think we're gonna have greater success when we can in- include that unit as a one I, going into I, these things. I agree. I agree one hundred percent and it's 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 getting the parents involved because you hear a lot about the you talk to parents that uh, a kid may have may have friends that hunt fish and then they go home and tell the parent, you know, I, I, I want to do this. Well, that parent's never done it. And the main thing here, and I like, I like what, what you said is get to teach the parents or get the parents experienced, have them have that experience so they can teach it to their kids, not necessarily get the youths 
involved because those youth, if, if they're at a certain age, they can't go out by themselves. Right. So you have to get that into the parents. And there's a lot of parents, like you, you said those numbers there, there's a lot of those adults that are, are, are coming in and trying to seek out this education so they can educate their educate the kids and 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 uh, I, I always call social media a double-edged sword it's a mm -hmm. it's a it's a necessary evil is what I call it <laughs> because it um, all for all the negative stuff that it does it has a lot of positive stuff and one of the positives is that a kid can be on Facebook Twitter Instagram whatever it may be and um, find those uh, uh, something pop up you mentioned they see something something about an elk uh, bugling. Hey, that, that's real. That's real neat. I want. I want to check that out. Or, or somebody holding up a picture of a largemouth bass, or something like that. Or a, a breathtaking picture of uh, of the trees, of the foliage in the fall and the sunset, or something, something like that to get experience. And then they go to tell their parents, who are probably also on Facebook, and say, Hey, check this out. Mm -hmm. And then it all comes rolling downhill. And then now they come. They come and they want to learn more, and then that's where they can come to you. So. Um, I, I love I love the fact that like again I, I'm gonna say this over and over again I wish this was around when I was younger I oh, really I do because I was I was all over this kind of stuff that I would try to go to the library I'd, I'd beg my mom she'd take me to the library um, the uh, the uh, Rocky Mountain Arsenal used to have something where they would do kids when they would do stuff yeah. with kids right. and um, I used to go there so I was really really fortunate enough to find those things but I wish a, a lot of this was involved now you you work with a lot of uh, Groups like Pheasants Forever, mm -hmm. um, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation too. I, 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 I'm pretty sure Turkeys, uh, Turkey Federation, Wild, National Wildlife Turkey Federation, yep. Federation, right? So you work with a lot of those conservation groups and stuff like that, and it's 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 more than just a kill. It's a lot of conservation that's involved. Kind of talk a little bit about that with with well, that's, uh, as a whole. That's key. Now on on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife side, I can do a lot of things, and and you're talking about. Wish we had this when we were kids, and I agree. Right. You know, I had hunter education. That was pretty cool when I was in yeah, middle school. Yeah. It was actually offered in middle school for me. Really? So that that was pretty cool back then. But I didn't have anything other than my dad. And, you know, you you learn. I don't know if my dad did everything correctly. Right. I, I, I think we've adjusted over time, but I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there was a few questionable I, things. I agree 100%. 100%. There's some things now that I think back on, like, Hmm. You know, but we won't get into that. But you know, there's some things that I, I look back on now. So yeah, I mean. But uh, yeah, so the, like I said, parks and wildlife. I can do a lot of things. I can bring in that next generation, and and it's easy because we offer the hunter education. So I have those people that I can reach out to, because I think back when I was a kid, okay, I had dad, I had my grandfather who shortly passed away after I got my hunter education, but it was. Uh, you know what else is there besides just dad you know yeah and of course i have to wait for just dad for a long time just to go all right he's got a free weekend let's go fishing so i know this is a lot of things that people take on education and they're like okay great i got all this now what and now i hope we are that now what mm -hmm. um, but you know we're limited so these partnerships pheasants forever is a big one they're part of this uh, novice hunter program that we've got they've been huge in that and it, it's really cool because I can bring these people in on that 101 level class and now I have a support group for them and it's so, it's so easy yeah a pheasants forever group or if I'm doing an elk clinic Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation I mean here you go these it's a room full of people that have a exact same interest that you do right and, and it's really cool to see that I mean there, there's actually a program 
uh, designed out there. It's, it's R3. It's recruitment, retention, and reactivation. And this is, you know, going on a national level because, you know, it, it's a little scary where where the hunting numbers are going. And, right, uh, right. You, you said that. It, it is scary. It And that's why it's, it's important to work with those conservation absolutely. Um, people. You know, Bone and Crockett uh, is a great example of a conservation. Uh, they started... I mean, it was they were involved with um, with Roosevelt way back when when he got all that stuff going, and um, I think that we're we're kind of getting away from the conservation aspect of it, and that's where we're losing a lot of folks because they're they're really getting into into the, uh, the the kill shots and the kill grip grin and grips and 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 things like that, and they're not looking at um, and the why the how. And, and not not only knowing that how much stuff that is out there that we have to be responsible for and and, and not being a part of that. And what you guys, you, you give uh, people who don't know that an opportunity to learn. You open a door up for them. They, we, we all, all, that's all we can do. That's all I hope to do is open up doors, open up windows, and let those people have a peek through or walk through. Yeah. And um, and I, I've, I've been a part of a uh, of, of, uh, couple of those conservation groups and i really love what they do especially pheasants forever stan bartholomew i mean mm-hmm. uh, you, you probably work with him he was here one time we, we did a archery a little small archery uh, get together over here over on the volleyball court over here and it was it was really great to see those kids that, that never shot a shot a bow just 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 playing around before to see him to do that so um do you have any time to get out and hunt for yourself? I mean, I know you're doing a lot about it's about kind of getting, rare. You know, I was I was going to say, you know, I, I know you fish because you I've seen some pictures of some giant lake trout, <laughs> which uh, which we'll talk about. But um, do you get time? You know, this is probably your busy time. You're doing a lot of education and stuff like that. Do you get time to get out? And go you know, you know I, I I do. It's not as much as I'd like to, but <laughs> the, the beauty of it is, is I can set aside time now. I can set it aside for my son. My daughter's in college. I know she really wants to hunt, and she's going to graduate next year, and she's going to be out there in that hunting field. Yeah. And you know what? That is perfect for me. Um, I do get out there and fish a little bit. Not as Again, not as much as I'd like to, but I get my son out there, and I, and I get new folks out there. And so if I don't have a rod in my hand, but I'm teaching somebody, and all of a sudden they're landing, I don't care if it's an 8-inch stalker or whatever it might be, it's fishing. I'm there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's hunting. I'm there. And uh, right now that's, that's the important thing to me. I'll get through my kids. We'll see where this career takes me. And uh, I hope I'll have a, a, a good quiet life in the golden years. And I'm I'll be able fishing. to put some extra, you know, hours <laughs> in, but right now I'm happy with what the numbers that I get. And uh, yeah. so me and my son will be going out on our elk hunt in two weeks and, and that's just going to be great. And you know, oh, we're gonna awesome. we're gonna put a lot of miles on the ground, and we're gonna see a lot of cool things. And if we put meat in the freezer, great. But if great. not, not a big deal. What, uh, what 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 are you anticipating? I mean, obviously, you want to put some meat in the freezer. That's kind of kind of a, a goal in the back of your head. But um, going out, I mean, have you done scouting? Have you have you looked around? Are you pretty confident that you got an, at an arrow? You guys are gonna go target? And... Yeah. Well, <laughs> oddly enough, this year I did get to go out for a day of scouting. There you go. And that's been very very <coughs> rare. So I did a, a pheasant scout on a Wednesday. So I drove uh, completely in one direction and uh, <laughs> eastern Colorado. The very next day, we went up to the Walden area and did our scouting there. Was very satisfied, and uh, you know we had to pick a new area because our area has been uh, harvested a lot for the trees because of the pine beetle, and it okay. just really changed migration routes. But uh, found another promising spot and. 
and a lot of bear signs, so I thought, well, maybe a bear tag might not be a bad idea. There you go. Year, you know? It's always good to have one of those bears. I, I tell everybody, you know, if you're if you're out there, um, again, it goes back to being a conservationist. If you're out there going and get, going to looking to harvest, put meat in the freezer, uh, help those help those animals out. Help the next year's yeah. uh, the yearlings, those those fawns, those those uh, those those next year's crop come through by maybe you see you have a bear tag in your pocket, harvest a bear. You know, I heard they're pretty good eating. I've never eaten one. I've never either. But this I hear is... they're I hear they're pretty good, and also helps out with uh, elk and deer numbers. Well, and you know, this year with the scout, my dad was joining us. Uh, he won't be able to go this year, but you know, scouting around, we're like, there's a lot of bear sign here, and then we hear a growl, and I'm like, okay, that's it. <laughs> so I'd rather have that bear tag and yeah. not need it, rather <clears throat> than you know. It, it, if I had to shoot a bear and I didn't have a tag, and then I got to call the DWM and I got to explain to it why I felt threatened for my life. If I have that tag, I get to continue my elk hunt, and I have a bear. And now all of a sudden, my wife says, "Hey, if you get a bear, we can have a bear rug made." There you I'm go. Like, okay, great. <laughs> bear rug for sure. And uh, yeah, so it, it it sounds like you got 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 that got that planned out. Now we're gonna get it's starting to get cold here pretty soon. And you guys, you put on a, you got a whole trailer that's full of ice fishing equipment. Yep. And we're talking about we're putting some dates together uh, for some uh, classroom setting uh, kind of ice clinics. Kind of a one-on-one type of deal. We're put. We're getting some dates on. So when we get those, we will uh, put those out to everybody. And then we're also looking at doing some on the water stuff, on the ice stuff. Now you guys do a lot of this stuff. I, I want to say it's a Terry All. Yep. And uh, you, you go to Georgetown, or is it mostly Terry All? It's Terry All. Um, we do a a classroom session. Uh, folks come and learn the basics of ice fishing. Yeah. You know, we don't go into a whole lot other than you know just the very basics of what you need, and that's that's really the goal. Is just just show basics. people that this isn't going to break the bank. Right. You know, you can get a hand auger, and you might not be able to drill it out at Terry All, but you can certainly come out to Bar Lake if we get that type of ice out here. For sure. So you can start this sport pretty inexpensively. And again, you know, a $26 license, and, yep. and yep. you know, you're continuing your, your fishing and how many year. And, and how many times do you pay that fee? Just one time, right? Once a year. Once a year. That you pay and that a habitat fee. stamp. And the know? habitat stamp that goes along with that. And you get to go and fish. I mean, and, and then you buy a state parks pass, or what I do sometimes is I'll I'll just buy a I'll I'll, I'll buy a pass at every every park I go to because I know that helps out the park. Yep. And uh, that's just something that I do. But you buy a state parks pass, and you're but you don't even need a state park pass. There's several wildlife areas. Terry All, for example, is a wildlife mm-hmm. area. Um, that you go Williams Fork is a is a wildlife area. There's no lake trout in Williams Fork, so we're not going to tell anybody there's lake trout in Williams right. Fork. Wink, wink. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um. Uh, and so it, so it doesn't stop for you with hunting, and it goes right into fishing. And uh, I'm excited about these about these uh, clinics that we're that we're going on and we're going to do. And there's uh, oh look at that. Uh, you want to come sit down? No. So Brian Brian's over here. So uh, um, but anyway, uh, those those opportunities for uh, hunting or uh, fishing, those, doing those those lakes up there at Terry Hall, and, and we're looking at doing one here at Bar Lake. Uh, like you said, we, awesome. we did one. We did one one year. We were able to have the uh, the ice on good. I feel like, and when I say ice on good, I meant good ice for us to get out there. Right. And a number of people out there. We're not going to. And that's the one thing too that always that I, I always hear people about that they get nervous with the safety aspect of the ice, and um, that uh, we're we're not going to put anybody out there. You guys aren't going to put anybody out no. there that were that unsafe ice conditions. Not going to do Never. that. So um, I get a lot of questions. Uh, mom and dad or dad and son when i have a beginning a 101 ice fishing clinics that i that i do uh wherever it may be 
they always ask me, you know, what's, what do you want to start out with? What is the best, what was my first investment to be? Everybody sees the, the, uh, the, the Vexlars, the Markhams, the Hummingbirds. Those are the electronics that, that help you find the fish. Everybody sees those uh, power gas augers that are out there. They got those huts that are four mm-hmm. or $500 huts. I started out with a hand auger and a couple of rods, yep. and that was it. And I sat on a bucket. I was called Bucket Man for the longest time. And it was because I, I couldn't afford it. I really couldn't afford to, to invest in a power auger and invest in, a, in, in electronics and stuff like that. So I had to learn how to be comfortable on the ice because that's the biggest thing that right. everybody asks me. What do I get? And I tell everybody to make sure you get warm clothing, number one. Don't skimp on the clothing. Don't skimp on the boots because you have to remember you're sitting on a block oh, of ice. Comfort's everything. Right. Yeah, you're just right. sitting on a block of ice and you're going to get cold. It doesn't matter if you're catching fish or not. If you get too cold, you're going to want to get off that ice. Yep, and then you'll probably never engage in that sport again. Exactly. So, <laughs> so and, and this is probably stuff you'll, you'll go over in that 101 um, clinic. But, uh, but just keep that in mind, you know. If you're gonna, get, I'd spend money on clothing right off the bat. Oh, sure. And then, and then, and what I've always tell people is, if you show up with a couple of rods and your warm clothing, and ice fishing is a, a a community, more of a community sport than bank fishing is. You can come out there, and there's a lot of people out there that have augers, and you can ask them, hey, do you mind drilling a couple holes for me? Can I use that? You know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that will that will do that. If one guy tells you no, there's a lot of other people that will. Yeah, say Yeah, there's no. a lot of good people out there, and you know when when I just like you're saying with ice fishing, I, I you know, you can start cheap, but I couldn't you know a six hundred dollar yeah. Vexlar right was out of the question. Um, but boy, there's guys out there on the ice. You can listen to their pinging. There you go. Scoot over, <laughs> say how you doing, you know, <laughs> and uh, you you can chase some of those folks. So yeah, most of the people that you're going to meet on the ice, there, there it's are a some, very social aspect it, it, out it, there. It very is, and it is, and there's 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 there are some people that want to, you know, you can tell that they want to keep their space. Sure, and, you'll you'll figure them out quickly. Yeah, you will, and and, and it'll, it'll take you a couple times to to know, you know, there there's still those people. And sometimes I get that way, but if I'm if I'm sitting there fishing and I look over and I see a son, a father and his kid, father and his daughter, or whatever it may be, come out on the ice, and they're struggling with that auger, I'm gonna go over there and hand them my eye on. I'm gonna say here, yeah, you know, try that out. You know, I mean, and and, and then they they might say, hey, that that was awesome, and they're they're they'll they'll be fishing or i'll come aug a bunch of holes for them or okay say hey come i i drilled a bunch of these holes earlier this morning i was catching fish over here why don't you guys come over here and fish these holes i'll pop them out for you that's what i'll do but sometimes you know i i won't do that oh i'll keep to myself and still fish but if i see and i can tell that they're new that's when i'll go over there and say hey why don't you come over here and come fish with me or let me let me help you out or you can even stay in my i'll pop up my shelter for you and you can stay in there yeah you know and again, it's just you got to find those guys that are find those the groups of people that can do that. But it, they are out there, and you can do that. Well, and you know that that's a great point. It's it, we've got to help people because just like we said earlier, the replacement of hunters and anglers is is dwindling. And if we yep. can help these people and they have a positive experience, that ensures that our hatcheries for you and I 
Yep. They're going to grow more fish and pluck them out in those bodies of water for us. So, you know, Definitely. why wouldn't we help people, help the next generation? <clears throat> exactly. Positive experiences. Exactly. And, and, that, and that goes with everything. Yep. That goes with everything. If you, and, I, and I've done it too with pheasant hunting. Pheasant hunting can be one of those, one of those uh, activities um, that you can kind of get together. If you, if you pull up to a field and you got another car that pulled up on this side of the field and you pulled up on this side, it might behoove you to go over and have make a strike up a conversation with that person and say, "Hey, maybe you start on this side, we're over here. Uh, maybe we'll we can walk together. Yeah, and I'll give you better, a ride you back. Having four is better than two. Exactly. Or you can figure out, hey, maybe this is a, this is a field that I don't want to be hunting with these guys right. or this group, and then you'll just go on down to the next one, you know. And so there's all there's all that that you figure out. I mean, again, it comes to safety, and then it comes to uh, if if they can trust or you can feel that they that they can do that I, i've done that several times mm-hmm. where i've i've watched it's just me and my dog and i was like hey i got a dog you know there's a couple of you let's spread out and then let the dog work and see what happens you know or create some blockers you know get some situations where we can work together and, and get some birds yep and um and i always i always i always try to find those situations that if i can and you know there's not a lot of them out there there are some that you run into that are those that now nah, we don't want to do or you can tell right off the bat right they got a they got a six pack in the back of the <laughs> of the truck that's not and i'm like yeah okay we'll we'll just we'll just go down to that down the next field and yeah you know good luck over here so there's a lot of those 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 out there and um and it but having this education having being able to come and get this education from from you guys that you guys put on is is is, is outstanding so you got a couple dates there that you want to get out so uh, go ahead yep. and, and these are upcoming clinics upcoming classes yep so uh brian uh my other half of uh the team uh, is doing field dressing and pheasant hunting 101 at cabello's lone tree and that is on october 28th i don't have the times for those but you can find those on the uh, uh lone tree cabello's uh, website we will be doing the Family Hunting 101 November 16th at uh, 6060 Broadway, so uh, the, 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 Denver the Denver office there. Office. November 21st, we will be doing uh, Pheasant Hunting 201, so it's late season tactics. Um, I love this class because tonight we're doing 101. We're going to jump into you know the late season tactics. It's keeping people engaged, and boy... Drives me crazy when I hear pheasant hunters in Colorado saying our season's only three weeks long. Or, yeah. yeah. When, in fact, they should be out there until the last day of yep. January. So we'll have that. Uh, November 30th, we'll do another one. That'll be at the uh, Denver office. And then we're going to jump into December. We'll have uh, Ice Fishing 101. That's getting started, the basics. That'll be at the Denver office. That'll be followed up with an opportunity for people to sign up to go on a field trip to Terry Hall to actually do all of this on the ice. We provide all the gear for that. And then I'll do a 201, and that'll help people get a, a little bit more engaged in target-specific, you know, kind of the area I like to jump into. I like going after those pike. I like going after those lakers. And, and I think this year we're going to add a little bit of a hands-on class in there. Instead of people going to buy um, a leader, buying a steel leader that's kind of distractive, we'll show them how to build some braided leaders that go. are a little bit more camouflaged and, and give them a skill to go away with too on that. So that that's a sampling of what we got. Hopefully Brian and I will plug some more stuff in there. Yeah, and we're, and we're talking about doing some more stuff too. We're going to do stuff together. Stuff together. Gonna do stuff. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that. And so, and with these classes, um, and I'll put all this stuff in the show notes as well so the folks at home that are listening uh, they can look at the show the show notes and I, I'll, I'll put links in 
to where they can get all this information. Yep. Um, what's the best way to sign up for a class like? And it does is there a fee, or you just sign up, RSVP kind of deal? Ninety-nine percent of our classes are free, and uh, you go to our uh, website and you click onto the calendar, and uh, you'll find. Not only our region, but everything statewide is going on. So if you happen to live down in the Springs, you're going to find out stuff that they do down there. Um, yeah, yeah. Social media. Social media. Check us out on Facebook. We try to – boy, there's so much stuff that we're doing in all sorts of ways that you'll learn all sorts of great stuff about uh, uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So look on there. But uh, I'll definitely share that link for folks to be able to And I'll to share as us. much – and I'll share as much as I can that I see – that, uh, that I get, and then if you have anything to share with me, I'll put it out there for the folks. Perfect. So, um, yeah, and then uh, so this class tonight, do they have to be attend this class to attend the the other one? The, the no, nope. two or can they nope. go to? It's a good continuation, but come out here. You know, these folks are gonna learn how to get started. And and let me go ahead and say this now, so everybody knows, Colorado might get to boast the pheasant capital of the United States this year. Oh, uh, now and that's. That's sadly because the Dakotas have gone through a really hard drought this year. You got me excited. But Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas is going to be the, the heart this year. I was going to ask you that because I know I was I, I watched the weather when to see if there's hailstorms because that really kills those those uh, those eggs those yep. hatches. Because a lot of the birds we're, we're going to be targeting this year are going to be those first year birds. Sure. There's not a lot of holdover birds, a lot of hold old over old old roosters that we're going to be going after. So a lot of those new birds, are yeah, those we're very birds. dependent on that habitat and getting right. that new hatch. I'm I'm excited about that. I think this is going to be great. I'm excited about that to hear that. I, I was doing some research on it and I was reading it that we're it's looking good, but just to hear that again. Oh, well, this year we can really spread the wealth. We don't have to be in northeastern Colorado the whole time. We can move down in southeastern because, from what I've heard from our biologists, that place is on fire right now. I mean, it's just going to be loaded with pheasants, quail. Get out there and hunt. Get your license. Get out there and hunt this year. All right. Yeah, get out there and get hunting. So uh, tonight, you guys are getting paid. We're getting all the stuff in here. I'll getting take a in. picture here, getting all the stuff in, getting ready for the class. Um, so uh, like I said, I will put this stuff in the show notes. Um, if you have any questions, can they contact you? Absolutely. Or, or anywhere? What's the best way to contact best you Best way is Dimick at state.co.us. Um, so that's D-Y-M-E-K. Okay. And I, if I can't answer the email immediately, within a day I will answer it. All right. And that's probably the best way to get me. All right. So we, uh, I paused it real quick because we had more guests joining with us. We got Michelle, who is the park manager here at Bar Lake. Hi. Say hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> and we got Brian with us, too, who is also uh, a part of the, um, the, the education uh, that we're talking with Tony. So, Brian, go ahead and say hello. Hello. And uh, they're they're getting ready to do the class tonight that we were talking about with Tony. With Tony. He's, we're waving. We're all waving at <laughs> We're all waving at the microphone. So, um, Michelle, again, thank you for letting me be here to uh, sure. record another podcast here. And uh, I love coming here and um, and uh, seeing being in this new education room. They you got to come see this if you haven't come came and seen this. So. Michelle, what do we got going on the rest of the year, this fall? I mean, I know you're busy, super, super busy. Sure. You just had Harvest Festival. We did. What else do we got going on here? So just to let everybody know, Bar Lake is located 25 minutes east of Denver. So we're a quick day trip. We're really not that far out east. 
Um, but you know, we have a lot of things going on, whether it's down at our archery range, we have a couple archery shoots coming up, whether it's the pumpkin shoot or the turkey shoot, it's just a kind of fun holiday things. Our archery range is open year round. The 3D range will be open till the end of November. Then we bring in the targets for the winter. Um, but here in the um, Nature Center, we have lots of programs coming up from, we have a new, um, we'll have our holiday trail, which is a lighted trail. Santa will be here if you want to see Santa. Is that um, the chili cook-off too? The chili cook-off. Yes. If, you, yes. if you want to enter your chili cook-off, you can have elk chili or whatever you want to put in there. Um, so that's in December. Um, we also have a new thing in December where we're having a kids' pajama party. Oh, boy. It could be for big kids, too, because uh, we're going to show the movie Polar <laughs> Express, and we'll oh. show it in our education room here and make pancakes and watch a movie. Um, we have bird hikes. We have br kids' birding club. Um, we have yoga for kids, which is a new thing that we're going to try. That's so on November fun. 18th um, will be a kids' yoga class. Um, and all the money will go to a nonprofit that's in Brighton called the Richard Lambert Foundation. And they are a nonprofit that helps kids deal with um, a loss of a loved one. And they have a camp, Forget Me Not. So all the money that's donated from those yoga classes will go to support their summer camps. So um, awesome. we try to um, do a lot of things that we support the community. Um, we also have a pumpkin, a painted pumpkin where kids get a free pumpkin and then they can paint it. And those are donated by um, Mazzotti Gardens, which is a local um, farmer here in town. And we do a lot of other community events. Um, we'll be at Bass Pro for their their uh, holiday um, parade? parade. We'll be there for that this year. We are. Awesome. We'll be there. <laughs> I saw Matt last year, and he was showing me up. I was I, like, I, I got to be I, in that parade. I'm sorry. I, I was telling him. I was like, hey, we gotta get we gotta get the boat because because I don't know if if, if you folks know this, but uh, the Bar Lake. Uh, float for the Christmas, the Brighton Christmas Parade, is a perennial powerhouse. Right. They win. We, we, we won, what, how many years? We won last like, year, didn't we? We did. We won the year before, I want to yeah. say. So the float, the Bar Lake float, it, and it's, are you going to do the patrol boat or are we going to do no, something? the patrol boat. Sure. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's really a big deal. So you got to go check that out. And uh, as far as the boat ramps, the fishing, is the boat ramps closed? I, I'm, so the I'm, boat ramp is closed as of the 15th. We're and open. trailered boats? Trailered boats. Okay. Um, we um, are open for hand launch only till the end of October. Um, and then after that, on November 1st, it'll be closed for all vessels. Okay. But and fishing has been good. I don't know if you've talked to Ron I've, Lowry. I've talked to Ron. <laughs> he was out here. And I, I told him, I said, Ron, you need to go leave my fish alone. <laughs> you need to stay in your area and stay over there and leave my fish alone. So but. on Sunday, <laughs> there was... Scott, who comes here all the time. Yep, yep. Did you see his big wall? I did see that big and wall. And then there was another guy that posted this huge wiper that got that he caught um, up against the railroad tracks. Oh boy! So fishing, fantastic. Been, yeah. And Eric big. was out here today in his in his uh, kayak, uh -huh. and he took home four or five something like walleye? that. I think, walleye. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if we get a good ice this year, yeah, early, it's going to be on fire here, Barney. Well, and we're about. Eight feet above normal that's, right now. Yeah, that's that's key because mm -hmm. usually we're 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 a little bit lower than that. I yeah, mean, we're almost, not low. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not low. So, and Brian, yes, I'm sure you've had a busy hunting season. Yeah, yeah. Tony and I have been pretty busy for uh, all summer long. Yeah. So go ahead and um, um, tell folks kind of about your hunting season. What's 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 what you've been up to this hunting season so far? 
Yeah, well, our hunting season started way back in spring with some uh, some turkey seminars, and uh, we, we took some youth out on some mentored turkey hunts. And through the summer, we're getting people prepped for the novice hunter program. And that novice hunter program, that, that's a program to teach um, new hunters how to hunt pheasants, get them started in the small game. And uh, that there are several classes. We, we led classes and clinics throughout the summer. And coming up here, boy, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have pheasant season starting. And we will be, uh, be going out and taking folks out on mentored hunts, along with some of our great volunteers. Yeah, it, it's, it's been busy. We've got a lot of youth that we've taken out on some mentored big game hunts. Um, we had some women that went out on a pronghorn hunt over the weekend. They did fantastic. And, yeah, we, we've been busy. Every, every week we're, we're, it seems like we're getting busier and busier. Maybe not as busy as Bar Lake. Michelle <laughs> keeps this place hopping all the time, but, but we do feel sure. pretty busy. And, and uh, like, like I was telling Tony, I mean, I, I know you do. Don't you guys do so much and to help other people? But have you been able to participate <laughs> in your own hunt yet this this fall or spring, perhaps maybe the turkey or something like that? Yeah, uh, you know, past the past spring, I did get out for a couple of days turkey hunting. I uh, I got out for half a day dove hunting. That's all I got in this year dove hunting. Um, yeah, boy, even uh, even duck season, I, I've I've been out with other people. I haven't been out myself yet. I am hoping to go out uh, third rifle season with my son, and uh, he and I both have some elk tags. He's got a deer tag as well, so that'll be Fantastic. looking forward to a, a little little break from work and, yeah. and actually get a chance to get out in the field. Yeah, that, we're, we're both going to be gone third season, you guys, so we might be slow okay? in our region for a Yeah, I was going to say, is that, is, that, is that all right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for you guys to be away at the same time, yeah, is that okay? Yeah, you just fly under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 can't, I can't say it enough. I mean, you guys... Or what you guys do is just unbelievable, and and the reason why I wanted to to, to, to ask if you guys have gotten out yet because I, I knew the answer to that question because you guys are so busy helping other people and getting other people and helping those other people with those experiences because and that's to me that's what it's all about. It's more than your personal experiences. It's creating other people's experience so they can go out and and have their own and, and maybe inspire other people to go out and do it too. So I am thankful that I, I get to talk to you guys and learn from you guys and uh very fortunate that you came and sat down here with me on the podcast and um i'm looking forward to working with you guys more in the future and and uh if you have again i will put all that information uh that tony said uh in the show notes uh at the end and um at the end of the podcast or, or when i actually put, post the podcast i'll put those show notes in and i'll do my best to share anything i can that uh, to help folks find these uh, classes and to get out with you guys and to, to experience more and to learn more. Um, other than that, do you guys have any closing thoughts, Tony? Just get out there and enjoy the outdoors. We can't do it any place better than Colorado. So right. we look forward to seeing everybody out there. And thanks for having us on. All right. And Brian? Yeah, I, I agree with Tony. It, hunting and fishing in Colorado is, is incredible. We have a lot of opportunities. It's a great time to be a youth in Colorado. There's a lot of great opportunities youth can take advantage of as well to get out there. And uh, you don't have to be an expert to get out there. Uh, we've got rules and regulations to kind of make sure you're doing it legal. Mm -hmm. But um, everything else, it, it's, it's a step. Every time you go hunting, it's a step forward. You learn from each hunt, and you, you spend a lifetime of learning. So just get out there and do it. 
Great, great, great information, and uh, I hope we get to do this again with you guys. I mean, great. this was awesome, and it's. Uh, I want to create another resource that uh, people can go and get information or uh, learn, learn, you know, and and stuff. So I thank you very much for coming on on with me today, and um, uh, like like they like they said. If you get outside, get out and do it. Go have fun. There's a lot of places to do it. You come down here to Bar Lake, uh, get more information, or go visit the, the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website and um, uh, go through there. And uh, if you can navigate that website, good for you. You can figure that out and uh, find the right spots. But uh, you type in that keyword. I use the keywords a lot. And that yes. helps, you, helps you out a lot. So, again, thanks for coming on, guys. And um, like I always close the show out. If you ain't winning, you're learning. You got it. Thank so you. anyway, you're an intelligent man. Thank you. Make a good living? Not bad. Get a good life? Pretty good. Answer me one question. Sure. Why the hell would you want to come up to a plant-infested no-man's land like this and live like a barbarian for a week? Ah, you wouldn't understand. Try me. I, I have great memories of this country when I was a kid, you know, and I used to come up here with my dad, and I want the boys to have the same memories. I would look around you, Roman. For God's sakes, this is this is this is beautiful country here. Take a good look. I'll tell you what I see when I look out there. If you want to know, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I see the underdeveloped resources of northern Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I see a syndicated development consortium exploiting over a billion and a half dollars in forest products. I see a paper mill, and if the strategic metals are there, a mining operation, a greenbelt between the condos on the lake and a waste management facility focusing on the newest rage in toxic waste, medical refuse. Infected bandages, body parts, IV tubing, contaminated glassware, entrails, syringes, fluid, blood, low-grade radioactive waste, all safely contained, sunken in the lake, and sealed for centuries. Now, I ask you, what do you see? I, I just see, uh, see trees. Well, no one ever accused you of having the grand vision. Nope. Maybe it's all for the best, while the ambitious scramble for wealth and power, the Chet Ripley's of the world are just able to lay back and casually... Stroll along life's path. I mean that as a compliment. Oh, thanks. The rest of us are all probably going to die of heart attacks and strokes long before you. <laughs> I hope so. Wouldn't that be great? 